Hi, and welcome to Wild and Book Podcast. I'm Caroline. And I'm Susan. And this is episode 62. go first because you have like kind of a concrete topic and I want to talk about time travel but I don't want to talk about like one specific instance of time travel I just want to talk about time travel okay so I feel like we could just we could carry on about that for forever so (laughs) if you go first then we kind of have like a we have a parameter (laughs) okay So I watched a documentary with Rich on Amazon Prime, and it was about the secret life of cruise ships. And I thought it was going to be like literally the secrets of cruise ships. But it was really cool. It was like behind the scenes of how they get rid of waste and um, how they get food and stuff on the ship and how much food they need. But it got me thinking. Things I've never thought about. I've never thought about. I've never thought about cruise ships, really, because they scare me. But I've never thought how much power goes into a cruise ship. I was like, yeah, they have to have the make the boat run. But like the shows they do and the kitchens and it's just like so fucking much in the staff. It's like putting Disney World on a ship. Exactly. It was I cra- mean, even was- the non-Disney cruise ships are like putting Disney World on a ship. Yeah, it, it was crazy. It was a really good documentary. It really kind of opened my eyes to like all the shit, especially now that COVID's happening cuz I I don't know if you saw on the news when the two-week thing started happening, cruise ships shut down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? I don't get it. But now I do because the sanitation processes, wow. Anyway, but it got me thinking, I never hear about cruise ship deaths, but there has to be deaths on cruise ships, right? And there are. Yeah. But they're just not talked about. Well, no, because it's like deaths aren't talked about at Disney. Yeah. Yeah. But worse because you're trapped with it. <laughs> well, and so people lot- get weird. Like, I mean, it happened. Like, look, dead people die. Yeah. Everything dies. Yeah. But I also kind of understand, like, you don't really want to be like, well, here's where we keep the bodies. <laughs> yeah. They didn't talk about that on the show, and I kind of wish they would have, because I feel like there's a portion of the ship where they would keep, or maybe they airlift it. Who knows? Who fucking knows? But anyway, I want to read some. It would actually make sense if they had, like, a morgue. Like a morgue. I'm going to, you know what? Hold on. I'm going to put a little pause here. I'm going to Google that. Do cruise ships have morgues? It would make sense that they would. Oh, shit. Each ocean-going cruise ship is required to carry bags, body bags, and maintain a morgue separate from food storage, (laughs) obviously. Thanks for clarifying. They had to to put that in there. (laughs) Most morgues are small with room for three to six bodies. If more than six people die, you're fucked. Things are going (laughs) to get a little crazy. (laughs) That is crazy. I'm glad I looked that up. But what I'm going to read are some short Like, I'm not going to go into all of the details. I'm just going to read some short murders that have happened on cruise ships. Okay. Okay. 
So this feels like very Agatha Christie and I'm so into it. I wish I could understand that. <laughs> I know who that is. You don't have to explain it or you can. It's, no, I mean, there's just, I think it's because, um, one of her most famous stories is Murder on the Orient Express, which is, of course, a train. Yeah. But it's kind of the same, like, like you're trapped here. Okay. Traveling with these people who you pretty much, like, I mean, obviously, most of them don't know each other. Yeah. So when a body turns up, it's like something is very, very wrong. Yeah. I think I heard a few years ago about... God, I wish I could remember where I heard it. It was probably some kind of, like, mystery show about this person who was killed, or a conspiracy show, this person who was killed on a Disney cruise, and they covered it up and said they didn't know anything about it, and she had jumped overboard when, in reality, another crew member had killed her. I should have looked into that. Why didn't I? Anyway, (laughs) so the first, (laughs) I might look into that in a minute. The first story uh the victim's name is karen roston and it was in 1988 and the murderer was her husband scott and he eventually did 33 years in prison so she was killed always the husband always the husband they were on their honeymoon in 1988 they were on the star dancer um So her husband strangled her to death before throwing her overboard to make it look like an accident. He informed authorities at 3 a.m. that she had gone overboard. The authorities immediately picked up on some inconsistencies. At first, he said that she had blown overboard. And they were were like, yeah, no, that doesn't happen. Because she was 5'3". And I think she was as tall as the... um, I'm sorry. Did you say blown overboard? Blown like, overboard. Like, by a gust of wind? I, and she's little. She was a little woman, but come on. I if mean, you're, is it, It's not going to, like, pick you up and pull you over the say, railing. She, she was the victim of a very, very specifically targeted tornado at sea. Exactly. And then later, he changed the story and said she had fallen overboard, and they were still like, okay, well, she's 5'3", and the railing is as tall as her, basically. So there's no way she could just fall over unless she like jumped. So they were able to recover her body and the autopsy revealed that she was actually unconscious before she hit the water mm-hmm. and she had strangulation marks. So they ended up charging Scott and he was found guilty, but she was only 26 years old and they were only married for nine days. Cause like I said, they were on their honeymoon nine days. Why do you marry somebody that you want to kill? It makes me wonder if it was like a fight gone wrong and he likes, I'm not sticking up for him at all, but you know how this happens. He like strangled her and then he realized he killed her and then he was like, oh my gosh, I have to get rid of the body. Let me just make it look like an accident. Something of that sort. I mean, it also could have just been kinky sex gone wrong. It could have. It could have. But I've never been in that situation. Why lie about it? Yeah. I mean, I kind of understand why I lie about it, but on the other hand, like, I 
it still takes, I don't care what happened to her. It still takes an extra special kind of fucked up person Mm -hmm. to toss their new bride off the side of a fucking cruise ship. Those things are big. Like, even if you didn't intend to, even if he did not intend, and maybe even specifically if he didn't intend to kill her. Yeah. If your reaction is like, oh my God, I've accidentally killed my new wife. Yeah. What should I do? I know. <laughs> um, like I have concerns about a person who would toss. Like it's it is one thing to be like, yeah, I don't know what happened to her. It is but quite another to toss somebody over the side of a cruise ship. Very narcissistic, abusive. Yeah, tendencies there. Had, I. Mm. But that's not, I mean, there have been other newlyweds that have, like, one of them's been murdered on the honeymoon. So, I don't know. That's I just don't understand when that happens. I think this happened more, re- I'm not going to say recently, just not as far back as 1988. But I think it happened more recently. Mm-hmm. So, this next one, I can't pronounce the woman's last name. I'm not going to, I'm going to butcher it. It's Her name is Yang Jinwan. She was cruising with her husband, Wang Weili. And it took everything in me not to say Wang Willie mm-hmm. when I saw that. They This was in 2010, and Wang actually admitted to throwing Yang overboard, but said he only did it after he thought she was already dead. He claims he knew that she wanted to be buried at sea, and so he decided to throw her body <laughs> overboard. But was he... I know, I lost my shit when I read that, like... He's like, no, no, it's okay because it's what she wanted. It's what she wanted. <laughs> I lost I was it. Pretty I was pretty sure she was dead. And I knew she wanted to be buried at sea. So I figured, why not? <laughs> so he says she was already dead and he threw her because she wanted to be buried at sea. But they found his cabin covered in blood. And then there were a lot of reports saying that the couple was arguing earlier in the day. And so I don't think he was ever charged, but he was the suspected murderer. But I do not know the outcome of that. Okay. So I was pretty sure she was dead. I mean, my cabin's covered in her blood. Right. (laughs) But I guess they couldn't prove it because there's no like outcome to this. I think one of the things that gets tricky on cruise ships is jurisdictions. That's very true. Because I know that there was the, um, I can't think of the girl's name. It's a pretty famous case. This girl um, was on a cruise ship with her family, her brother, mom, and dad. And they were all, both of the kids were adults, but like young adults. Like I think she was 21 or 22 or something like that. And the brother was within a few years one either direction I can't remember which one was younger so they were young but still adults and like you know nobody was monitoring them basically is what I'm saying and yeah. she disappeared um and her family was I mean immediately was like something's very wrong and then they got into this whole thing with jurisdictions and like who was responsible to look for her and basically said like, well, she's not on the ship. So Hmm. we searched the ship. She's not here. And 
basically said, well, she just got, she got off the ship and she's an adult shrug. I've heard of that. I heard that story. It's yeah. pretty wild. Like they've, they've been through a whole thing and um, they, they ended up getting scammed by some investigators and yeah. which is unfortunately kind of common, but I don't think they've ever really found, I mean, they've had some indication that she was maybe still alive and being sex trafficked. Yeah. But I don't think they've ever been able to find any, like, definitive proof. That's so that scary. So scary. I mean, and that's the kind of stuff that's, like, because they, they basically refused to seal the ship when mm-hmm. they were, I guess they were coming into a port. Because cruise ships come and go from ports. Like, they, they do most of their, like, cruising, like, open ocean cruising overnight a lot mm-hmm. of times. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you're out during the day, I guess, but like, I think it's pretty common to go to sleep at sea. And then when you wake up, you're already in a port. Yeah. And they reported it, but they didn't, the cruise ship didn't prevent people from leaving the ship. So then when they couldn't find her, they were like, well, she just got off the ship. That's so fucked up. Like, oh my- it's like its own city. It needs to have the, yeah, you know, ability to shut down. Well, and then the worst part of that kind of situation, and I mean, I'm sure this is, like, true. Anytime somebody's, like, reported as going overboard, um, they were like, well, we're leaving on schedule. Mm. So if you're going to stay here, like, you're on your own. Um. I'm not going to read the whole story, but something like that happened. Um, I don't know the names or anything because it was a Reddit story. Workers were talking about crazy things that happened. But basically this di- this guy went on a snorkeling expedition when they were um, pulled into a port. And he died of a heart attack. And the captain and the people, like the paramedics, literally put a towel over his face, told his family they could stay or come with them, and then left. And they had to deal with his death with the country that they were in yeah like come on have some a little bit more respect like i don't know but because he died not on the boat right they, they were, were like, like not, not our, our problem, problem. Mm-hmm. and so. part of me understands that because again like you said it's like a it's like a whole city yeah so to an extent like what i mean you could be a little more compassionate about it but like ultimately do you prevent the whole city from going on? Yeah. Or, like, what do you do? I don't know. Like, there's not a good answer. But when you're talking about a missing girl who's, I mean, yes, she's an adult, but she's young. Yeah. And they were just like, first they were like, oh, she's probably on the ship somewhere. And her family was like, no, something's really wrong. Yeah. And they were like, oh, she's just on the ship somewhere. We'll look for her. But then they didn't prevent people from getting off. So then when they looked for her and couldn't find her, then it was... Well, she probably just got off the ship. This one is kind of kind of similar. So this, she was an employee on Royal Caribbean. Her name is Adriana. And she went missing after they disembarked in Bon Air. I'm not sure where Bon Air is. Um, but they couldn't find her. And her body was actually found nine days later in a shallow grave. And they think that... The, her murderer actually murdered her on the boat and then took her off the boat and buried her. But anyway, the well, he was he was found guilty. Yeah, he was found guilty of <laughs> manslaughter. 
Um, he had stabbed her to death. That was in 2017. Um, okay, so this one is in 1998. Her name was Amy Bradley, and she was 23. That's her. Oh, it is? Amy Bradley's her. Okay. So it was yeah. the Rhapsody of the Seas. She was last seen around 5 a.m. sleeping on her balcony, which, no, honey. The cruise line searched the cruise ship but was not able to find any signs of Amy. Um, there was no evidence she'd fallen overboard or committed suicide. There were no sightings of her. None of her belongings had been taken. Multiple reported sightings of Amy. There, Oh, there have been multiple reported mm-hmm. sightings of Amy since she went missing. Some in Caraco. Caraco? Mm-hmm. More recently in Barbados. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's where the sex say, trafficking comes in. I want to say Caraco was the port that they were actually coming into. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on were the sightings in Barbados. But that um, there was also this whole episode of that situation that included the family paying these investigators who ultimately turned out to be scamming them. So some of those sightings, like, there's a question mark on because... It was part of the scam being run by the people that they were paying to be private investigators. Yeah. Which is real shitty. But there yeah, have been is... some, there have been some pretty convincing sightings of her. Um, because people have described her tattoos. Oh. So if I was her family, and I don't know, I haven't read the story, I would stay in that country. I want to say that they did stay. I don't think they got back on the ship. I mean, like, um, permanently. Until well, she was they ended up they ended up kind of stuck there. Because, yeah. of course, all of their travels booked through the cruise ship. It was like a whole... I, I know it was like a whole ordeal. And they basically... They had, like... they It was basically, like, time's ticking. Are you staying? Are you getting on the ship? Or are you not getting on the ship? Wow. Like, what are you going to do? Um, we're not waiting for you. If you're not going to, if you're not going to stay on the ship, you like, and you want your stuff, you better get it and go. How sad. Um, It's so sad. And especially considering that one of the things she on, they do have her on cameras. Like throughout the night, the last time that she was seen on her balcony that her, I want to say it was her dad. Or maybe it was the brother that woke up and saw her. Because I want to say she and the, her brother had a cabin and her parents had a cabin. Yeah. But that said she was sleeping on the balcony. I'm not sure that they knew she was sleeping. She was just sitting out on the balcony. In fact, I want to say that they said she was sitting on the balcony smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And like they thought initially that maybe she had fallen asleep on her balcony mm-hmm. and gotten locked out. But then when they started actually looking for her, they were like, okay, wait, she's not here. Hmm. Um, but How yeah, that's easy. a really weird case. I feel like it would be so easy as a young woman like that to get just picked up in, in the cruise ship setting. Like, I, Well, it's they just... have some footage of her dancing with mm. a cruise ship employee. Yeah. Yeah, which starts to get real problematic because, you know. Damn. Like, it's messy. Mm -hmm. Well, because they would know, Mm -hmm. like, exactly how much time you have. 
before of like, is the cruise ship really going to lock down? They're going to know how long yeah. will it take before they actually lock anything down and start searching places. And they know that they're in port. So if you're going to move somebody, but I think that one of the theories is that when um, the family got off the ship to look for her on the island, mm-hmm. one of the theories is, is that she was actually still on the ship, but being held captive oh and that she God. was moved off the ship afterwards. There had yeah. to be multiple people at play there. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if you if you were going to be part of some sort of a trafficking ring, yeah, I mean that would be like kind of a great place. Oh, for sure. To look for that, victims. That and big like the Super Bowl, big yeah. events like that, like where a lot of children are trafficked because there's a lot of people. I have questions about how. So one of the problems, and you know my absolute hatred of QAnon. Yeah. But one of the issues with that is that they've talked about some of those things. And now it's like the question of the validity, like how, how many children, like, is that really happening? Or is that part of that whole insane thing? I, I have really made that not something I focus on because it's real fucking depressing, but something I pay attention to before mm-hmm. QAnon was a thing because I mm-hmm. did like my senior project on child abuse and trafficking and stuff like that. It happens. It happens oh, I mean, right it, underneath It definitely our nose. happens for and sure. Big, big events like that where there's a lot of people moving and a lot of people aren't paying attention. It happens. I mean, big time. I don't know the like exact stats of it, but Big well, events and I like know that. that also big events like especially the Super Bowl, apparently um, the influx of sex workers to an area to the area where the Super Bowl, specifically the Super Bowl is being held. And of course, then you get into how many of those sex workers are there by their own choice and how many have been trafficked. You want to know something crazy is Rich and I live in one of the largest sex trafficking interstate hubs the fuck is the name of that road green springs road i think is what it's called it's off of uh interstate 65 it's a huge hub and it's just a regular interstate that goes into like the ghetto that's wild it's so wild but it's a quick on and off like you can get on and then get right back on i don't know if that has anything to do with it i don't know i i mean i'm not really sure i'm never really sure what like What makes a place, I mean, obviously a cruise ship, like you have this group of people, so you're able to observe people really easily. Yeah. So it would be pretty easy to pinpoint like, okay, this, like I can separate this person from their family or somebody who's traveling alone Mm -hmm. that like, you know, you think maybe you can like, who's, who, who is it going to take longer to miss? You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but also, as far as, like, transporting people on a cruise ship, like the Amy Bradley case, it wouldn't take much. Mm-hmm. Have you ever listened to the podcast, I Survived? I have listened to a couple of episodes of that. 
It is so good. I can't listen. I can't binge it because it's real depressing because it's, so it's real stories. Yes. But um, I highly that's why I've listened to That's why I've listened to a few episodes because yeah. it's just stressful. I think I listened to two episodes in one day and I was like, I need to make a therapy appointment. <laughs> <laughs> this is really intense. It's too but much. It there's is. A, there's a lot of, it's a lot of like spousal abuse, sur- survive, mm-hmm. surviving, but there's some like sex trafficking and it's pretty, pretty crazy. Okay. I'm going to read one more story and then it's all you in time okay. travel. Okay. Okay. So this one is from Reddit. Um, and it's the title of the thread is any crazy cruise stories. And there's a lot of like cruise employees, but this person's username is no cheese, please. And it said, first of all, I'm judging you person. <laughs> right. Because, um, cheese is life. life. <laughs> Last night for dinner, I literally had baked brie and a baguette. <laughs> it was great. What, you, what more do you need in life, honey. really? Mm. Mm. Um, so in May of 2015, in the main dining room around 1 p.m., they come onto the loudspeaker and announce a code black. I'd never heard it before. From, from the tone, you can tell it was serious. I assumed, like, missing kid or a passenger fight. But everyone continued on like normal, as you do on a cruise ship. I'm sure they're trying to get people, like, back into happy mode. So walking back to the room, we noticed at least five to six security guys standing at the doors leading into the pool area. And we had never seen security people out in the open on any cruise before. I assumed they were just cleaning the pool or something. And then, again, everything goes on like normal. That night at dinner, the talk around is that there was a kid who drowned in the pool. Looks like some of the staff told the guests, and it's all you heard about, whether you were in the elevators, lines, or lounges. But you wouldn't know it because the party kept going. And when we had our first stop in Orlando, it was taking a lot longer than usual. We were told it was because they were getting clearance and whatnot. Turns out the body and the family were being taken off first, but it just amazed me how smoothly everything continued on, even though a child had died out in the open on a pretty small cruise ship. And it's like, that's his story. How sad is that? But it's not surprising because in this documentary, there was a whole segment devoted to the party planner of the cruise ship. His job is literally to keep the party going. Yeah. And so, of course, it's a it's a party on the water. I kind of, I don't know. I have real mixed feelings. Like, how, what's the alternative? Is to, like, be a real downer and tell everybody on the cruise ship a, a child well, died. And on, yeah, and on top of that, now you have this family who didn't, who, first of all, like, this is officially the worst day of their lives. And now an entire cruise ship is, like, looking yeah. at them. You know what I mean? So I just don't, like, I don't, I understand the, like, I can't believe everything just keeps going. But on the other hand, let's see, what what else do you do? I totally agree with you. I mean, I don't think that they should have told anybody. I think that if something like that happens, I, as a family member, would want it to stay. Yeah, but when you put that many humans in a small oh, space. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like gonna do a is- telephone. Absolutely. It's like the poor child drowned, and then a day later, when it's reached the end of telephone, it's like the mom held the child under, and right. the dad watched in front of and, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So it gets crazy. There's a lot of depressing stories on Reddit. <laughs> there are. Them all. But I just wanted to like, I wanted to do that because 
I think pretty often about dying on a cruise ship. That's why I'm scared to go on one. So I wanted to talk about it. It does seem like that's one of those things, like, it's a bit like a shark attack. Like, there's a very easy way to avoid being attacked by a shark. Don't go in the ocean. Exactly. <laughs> if but you do husband, not want to die on a cruise ship, don't go on a cruise ship. My husband is now talking about wanting to do an Alaskan cruise, which I think I'd be okay with because they're a lot smaller. My parents did an Alaskan cruise and they loved it. Yeah, he did too for his senior um, his senior gift from his parents, but that was like 16 years ago calling out his age. I think that was 16 years ago. <laughs> but yeah, we want to do it again. So I think we're going to, but then I scare myself and I watch that and then I read these stories and whatever. I don't, I like, there are things about cruises that seem like so much fun to me, but I don't like being trapped. I feel that. And I just, sense. like, I don't, that's, that's one of the reasons I don't like to fly in general but one of the reasons I don't like to fly is that you are now married mm-hmm. to the, this schedule. Mm-hmm. Like you can't now, if the airline decides that they're flat, not flying that day, too bad for you. Ah. But like, you can't change your plans. You no. can't take a little bit longer or whatever. And that, that like, that's stressful for me. Not like I like flexibility. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, and it's scary that you're trapped like in the water. I don't know. Do you remember that Italian cruise ship that capsized a few years ago? Yeah. Or and I don't even I think it was the start of the pandemic maybe. The captain was drunk and then he killed himself. Oh my god, I don't remember the details of that. Yeah, like, like the boat capsized and a hundred some people died right off the coast. And then I do, he, I remember that. I don't. He got I brought up maybe, on charges. I guess maybe I missed the follow up. Yeah, he killed himself. Crazy. I had to be reminded about the the cargo ship that was like sideways in the canal. Oh, I forgot about that meme stage in our life. I kind of feel like I'm. Like, maybe in the wrong timeline, because I almost remember that. But, like, I don't remember all the details of it. Oh, my God. And okay. it's actually kind of a weird Mandela effect situation with that boat. Because how long was it How long was it stuck? Oh, I don't know. I just saw a meme for it one time, and I was okay. like, that sucks. I Several people were like, oh, my God, yeah, it was stuck for, like, two months. It wasn't. It was, like, four days. <laughs> Oh my god. And I'm like, why do people remember this so differently? I want to do a whole episode on the Mandela effect, not talking about like the Mandela effect situations, but how the Mandela effect could possibly be just a phenomenon of people misremembering. False memory. False yeah. memory, yeah. Because I think that I mean don't get me wrong, I love a good like Berenstain, Berenstein Bears. The but I think don't get to me as much as the bigger ones. Like what's, what do you mean the bigger ones? Well, I mean, the reason it's called the Mandela effect is because of the oh. fact that so many people remember Nelson Mandela dying at a different time than he actually died. And see, I don't know anything about that. Cause I was, I think I was pretty, yeah. So I don't remember <laughs> anything about that, but I, and at this point I've read so much about it that honestly, I couldn't tell you which I think I remember that. I think I, 
thought that he died earlier than he died. But I don't have like the really specific memories of like what the funeral looked like. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is how many people not only were like, oh, he died whenever. I don't remember now. I don't remember when he actually died or when people thought that he died. (laughs) Because I'm real bad with timelines. (laughs) But people were like describing the same thing. Yeah. And that's the interesting part to me. Like that's the part to me that I have a harder time just being like, okay, that's a false memory. But there's some there's a term for that when multiple people remember the same thing in a different way. There's a term for that. And I can't friggin' remember. Is it? (laughs) Okay, well, I want to hear about some time travel stuff. Okay, so and I'm going to cut this out, but I have to be off by like at least one. Okay, we should be fine. Okay, okay. Just honestly, like. Whenever we decide, like, that's why I didn't want to go first, because it's a thing that you could talk about for so long, but we can kind of cut it off at any point, because it's not, like, I don't really want to talk, we've talked about some specific time, you know, alleged time travel things. I just want to talk more about, like, the idea of it, but also, like, why are humans so fascinated with something like this? Okay. Yeah, but that's what get that's what's interesting to me. So first, let me pull this back up because I initially was like, oh, yeah, um, people have been writing about time travel since like the late 1800s, because I was thinking of the H.G. Wells story, The Time Machine, mm-hmm. which was 1895. But then I looked it up. And that is far and away not the earliest time travel mention in fiction. Oh, um, the author Samuel Madden wrote, um, I don't know. I I don't know if this is just a, I don't know if it's a short story or I probably should have looked it up. Um, in 1733, Samuel Madden wrote memoirs of the 20th century. And it is about a guardian angel who travels Back to the year 1728 with letters from 1997 and 1998. Whoa. So, and then, I mean, and then it continued like 1733, 1771, 1781. And there's basically, I mean, there are time travel stories all throughout history. There are also time travel stories built into religious texts. Okay. There's a time travel story in the Bible. Okay, what? And there are time travel stories in other, there's a, um, there's a Hindu story that is about time travel. And um, there's another one, I don't know, I guess maybe Buddhist, but I think it's more of a, um, I think it's Chinese. I think it's Chinese, but I don't know if it's a religious story or just like a traditional story. Yeah. Um, And they're all kind of similar. As as one does in religious books, like, they all kind of mirror each other. Uh-huh. They're all the same. <laughs> They're all kind of the same. Um, the one that's in the Bible is the prophet Jeremiah is sitting with a bunch of men, and they ask this boy, whose name I can't remember. Um, it's a weird name, and I didn't write it down. Yeah. Somebody knows this. Um, they, uh, they tell this boy to go out and 
pick fit fresh figs for them and bring them back. Mm-hmm. So the child leaves and he goes out up onto this hill and he's collecting the figs. And in the story, he there's kind of like the wind kind of changes and there's a lot of noise. And then the next thing he knows, he's waking up and it's evening, like the sun is starting to go down. And he doesn't know how long he's been. I mean, he know he knows that it was afternoon when he went out mm-hmm. and it should have only taken him a few minutes. So he rushes back down into the town and doesn't like things are different. He doesn't recognize everything. And he starts asking these people where Jeremiah is. Mm-hmm. And this one man that he talks to says is, is like he's an old man now. And he says, um, that was 62 years ago. What? So it's just fascinating to me that people, that humans have this long standing fascination with the concept of time travel. That is fascinating. That is crazy. And I had never course, thought about, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I had never thought that it had like gone back that far. I thought like when technology started to rise, that's when it happened. Which would make you, sense. Yeah. Have you ever heard of John Teeter? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he came around in like the late 90s, early 2000s when Y2K, yeah. maybe like 95 when Y2K was yeah, a thing because he was right. kind of, he was kind of warning against Y2K in a way. Yeah. But that's the first instance of time travel I'd ever heard of. So I just assumed... Well, and what's really interesting, um, so, okay, let me ask you the question that I've asked. Like, I've asked a few people. If you could time travel and you could pick a place that you could go and stay and a place that, or, or let me say that a different way. You can pick a time, time and place, really, that you could go to stay there and a time that you could go to just to visit, where would you time travel to? When would you time travel to? To go and stay? And, like, live that time from there on? Like, you go, like, you're a traveler, so you go exactly as you are. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you can go to any point. Like, mm-hmm. where would you want to go? Oh, my God. I don't know. Okay. I, do, I think I'd want to go to, like, the flower power movement when people were just doing acid in parks. I think I'd okay. want to go to that time. So, like, mid to late 60s San yeah, Francisco? I think, I think so, because I'm really drawn to, like, that music. I'm really drawn to that. I'm just drawn to it. Not that yeah. I think that's, like, a past life or anything, but I think it'd be cool to, like, experience that. So that's where you'd want to go when you would, like, just stay there. Yeah, just stay there. But to go and, like, visit... I for sure want to go to, like, when Spartacus was around. Oh, okay. Okay, because titties were just out. <laughs> people were just, people were it's just. It's the reasoning for me. <laughs> have you ever seen Spartacus, like, the, yes. the series? Not oh, the, the series? The oh, series. I don't, no, I don't think I have. I'm <gasps> Susan. not sure I knew there was a series. Oh, my God. My watch is freaking out. There's, like, four seasons, and it's very, very good. But... I just felt so like it was just such a free time. There was no judgment. There was a lot of murder, but there was no judgment. Like people were just like having sex while their servants fed them grapes and people were gay and people like nobody cared. 
but there was a lot okay. of murder. Do we feel like that's historically accurate? It's probably not. Okay, to fair. be fair, it's that's probably fair. not. But in my but mind, you, but if you travel there, you could find out for sure because exactly. you're just visiting. Like you're just visiting. And I could be like, this isn't for me. There's too much murder. So that's really interesting um, because my mom and I both wanted to stay in time periods we've actually already lived in. Really? So she wants to, she would want to stay in like the like 50s, like late 50s, early 60s. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, would you though? Like, would you really? Why? <laughs> um, but it's nostalgic. So oh, that's sure. her that's her time period. Um, and she would want to, so she was a little conflicted. She's like, I want to visit the future, but like, I want like an immediate, like eject button. If it's as terrible as all the movies make it look like it's going to be. That's yeah. Which brought up an interesting conversation as well. Kind of on the same lines as like, why are people fascinated with time travel? And it's a deeper dive but, and it's like, a, honestly, it's like, there's a film history class in this, or there should be if there's not. Um, when did depictions of the future start being so negative? Because they haven't always been. Like, if you think about, um, like, the Jetsons. Yeah. The depiction of the future question. in the Jetsons mm-hmm. was Things are going to be great. Or even in Back to the Future. Actually, things Back were to the not Future. That bad. In 2015, okay. things were pretty bad. Okay, I've only seen the one. Which one have I seen? I've only seen one of them. Ma'am. I know. I'm just not a movie person, Susan. <laughs> so in the first one, he goes from 1985 to 1955. In mm. the second one, he goes from 1985 to 2015. That's the, I think that's the one I saw where he had the hoverboard. Yeah. I feel like maybe I'm not remembering it right then. There's, so it's not all horrible, mm-hmm. but like his neighborhood um, is like, like they're, it's kind of mixed. It's okay. kind of in between. It's not, it's not all horrible, but it's not, it's also not good. Yeah. Um. Well, what else has there been that has been, had time? had time travel related to it, like books? Um, I'm not even sure it's necessarily time travel that depicts it as, I mean, there are some of those, but just like anytime you, like anything that depicts the future, the future is always dystopian. Yeah. Like the Terminator movies, the future's terrible. Um, I Am Legend. I Am Legend. Mm-hmm. Mad Max is kind of a, I mean, that's kind of one of oh the more God, iconic yes. water worlds. The Walking uh, Dead. <laughs> The Walking Dead. I mean, Although, yeah, like I'm not sure if Walking Dead is really meant to be future or if it's meant to be. I think it's present. I think it's present. Actually, it's, it's so. a little anomalous, which is which is okay. Yeah. Um, but like there, that hasn't always been. So that's like I said, that's a deeper dive. And honestly, like you could do a full semester of a film course in mm-hmm. winded depiction, like depictions of the future. But I just kind of wonder why that happened. Why people think that. Well, oh, idiocracy. I think it has to do with, okay, so I think we've talked about this. My capstone project was, my capstone class was pop culture. Like that was our overarching theme. And my topic within that was zombies. Mm -hmm. 
And my whole capstone was basically on the fact that the current at the time, this is 2012, the current monster obsession was zombies. Like that was the monster of the time period. And the reasoning, like why do people get kind of obsessed with some type of movie monster? And like, what do the different movie monsters represent as far as actual fears of that present time? So zombies being the most prevalent movie monster indicate a fear of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, vampires would in, would be a fear of... I don't know how to put it like almost like a fear of the repercussions of excess and vampires were super popular in the eighties and Mm nineties. Like when things were like, everything was just like people were, there was a lot of excess happening because it was a good economy, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that maybe the depictions of of the future are similar Mm -hmm. in time periods when people are optimistic, the depictions of the future in fiction reflect their optimism about their current time period. Yeah. When people are not optimistic about their current time period, then the depictions of the future reflect their fears about what happens if the current, if the present continues. Hmm. That's my theory. Yeah. Um, but I just thought it was interesting that that was her. She's like, I want to go like 50 years in the future, but like I want a bailout button. Oh, a hundred percent. And I was like, no, I get that. I get that. 50 Um, years in the future. That's really not that far. It's not that far. That's why I thought it was funny that she was like 50 years. My dad wants to visit. um, Oh my God. I have to do the math. Hang on. Okay. He wants to go. I don't, I should be able to do this math in my head, but it's not that day. (laughs) Today is not that day. He wants, I was going to say it right. I should have just said it. Um, He wants to go to 2176. Very specific. Because that's 400 years from 1776. (laughs) And 400 years is like the, the kind of demarcation between empires that will survive and empires that will fall. Oh my God. So he's just curious. Okay. So that's the one that he wants to be able to leave. Yeah. He just wants to visit. He just wants to see what 2176 is like. He wants, so he wants to stay in um, 1920s Paris, post-World War II, like, uh, no, I'm sorry, post-World War I. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, the, I think it's called the interwar period, mm-hmm. the period between World War I and World War II. And his theory is, if I go, like, immediately post-World War I, he's like, I'm in my 70s. By the time World War II starts... I won't have to worry about it. <laughs> oh my God. I love that answer. And I mean, I love that time, the 1920s. It's, he was really, really um, taken in by, have you, I know you're not a movie person. Have you seen Midnight in Paris? No. I've seen The Great Gatsby. It's actually, Midnight in Paris is actually a time travel movie. Oh, okay. I might watch that. It's really, really good. It has Owen Wilson in it. Trigger warning. <laughs> Huh. Okay. It's really very good. And it's a beautiful movie. Like it's pretty to look at. Yeah. Um, and it's a really interesting time travel story. Like there's no time machine. Like he just sort of 
it's like one of those time slip things. Okay. And that's where he goes back to is the interwar period in Paris. And it was really well done and it was really interesting. And he was, my dad was like, it was such a good movie and that's such an interesting time, which is very interesting because where I want to visit is the late 1800s in Paris. Okay. During the Bohemian movement. Okay. Like yeah. Moulin, like when Moulin Rouge is set. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of Rich's favorite movies. I love it. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, now, I just want to visit and I want to go with all my vaccinations and like some penicillin in my pocket. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Just to be on the safe side. <laughs> and I don't want to stay. Like they didn't have plumbing. No. <laughs> just experience it. Yeah. I just want to go hang out for a few weeks. Um. But I would want to stay, like, I would want to go and get to be an adult in, like, the mid-80s slash early 90s. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Because that's when I was, a little, I was, I mean, like, I was five in 1985. Yeah. So I was there. But, like, you experience things so differently as a little kid than you do as an adult. And with the extra added bonus of the day that Google goes public. Oh, yeah. I'm in. Oh my gosh. How much are the shares? I wish I would have. How many do you have? (laughs) I wish I would have been able to think about that a little bit more because, yeah, that's. I mean, I think I kind of, I kind of like, that's why I didn't ask you ahead of time because I kind of like the, like, just like, what's your reaction? Yeah. Can you let me go ask Rich real quick? Yeah. Okay. So just pause for a second. I'll come back. I'll cut this out. Hold on. Okay. like I should hum pause music for you to like find later when you're editing but I can't think of anything to hum like the one time there's not a song in my brain That's a bonus dog. Hang on one second. Before I forget. Okay. Hang on one second. Chris is on live. I'm telling him we say hi. Okay. Um, also, your dog wandered in and then wandered out and then came back with a friend. Oh, we're watching uh, Rich's parents' dog. I was like. Because <laughs> her name's Grace. <laughs> oh, hang on one second. My side is going to be finished. <clears throat> Hello, can you, Caroline? Yeah, I can hear him. 
Hey, can he wait? He can't hear me. <laughs> he can't hear you. But... It's not looking good, man. I gotta figure this out. I know. I'm so excited. Be all right. We gotta go on the carnival thing because I don't know. I need an actual like. Hey, oh wait, he can't hear me. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah. This child is. Oh no. Okay, bye. Have a good time. Okay, I can't with him right now because he's talking about something about a cruise ship, and I'm like, fool, you. Whatever. But how ironic. That is ironic, yeah. I'll have to text him later and be like, yo, I don't know what was happening because I just was like, Checking TikTok while I was waiting for you. Okay, so what was Rich's answers? Um, he said to go and leave the fall of Troy. So like the same time period I chose, which soulmates, I'm just saying. Um, and to go and stay, he said the same thing you did, like late 80s, early 90s. So he could like buy stock in like Bitcoin <laughs> and like Google. That's funny. <laughs> We're like, <laughs> we have a plan. <laughs> I, yeah, I should have thought about that. So I did kind of think about it, like, for a split second, going back as an adult, sitting in my puffy blue air chair with my headphones, listening to Black and Blue Backstreet Boys, like, as a 31-year-old, like, how awesome would that be? I could still do that now. You could totally. I was going to say, you can actually do all of those things. <laughs> I think those chairs have weight limits, but we might try that out. <laughs> I think it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, I also, I also asked Russ because I mean, you know, he listens to all of oh, our yeah. episodes, and I was like, okay, actually, I have to give him credit because initially my question was, if you could time travel, when would you want to go to? Mm-hmm. And he was the one that was like, well, there's two answers. There's where I would want to go to stay and where I would want to go to visit. And I was like, oh, oh, you're right. That's two very different things. Yeah. Um, what did he so- say? He also wants to go back to the same, like, to stay in the same time period that I do, like, mid to late 80s, 90s time period. Um, but he wants to visit Montana in the 1900s, which makes sense because his family ranches and is, like, that's, like, the location he's kind of tied to. Yeah. So he wants to go back to, like, like those really... I guess a heyday of ranching in Montana, like to visit, to see what it was really like. That's cool. I just think it's interesting that everybody has, first of all, I think it's interesting that the two, the two oldest people that I asked Mm -hmm. were the two that wanted to visit the future. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't even think about the future. No, because it's scary and it's really non-existent. Well, I'm, like, I'm probably I'm gonna get to some of it, like. But think about from your parents' point of view, where they started, how much they've experienced. So much. That's crazy to so me. Much. Just just in my 31 years, we went from like no internet, or like there was internet, but it wasn't like in households yet, to computers, to cassettes, to CDs, to. Uh, VHS to Blu-ray, like, and they've experienced that times In some ways, I feel like you and I have experienced almost as much change. In the, yeah, Because it happened in such a condensed time period. Yeah. Um, Like I tell people, look, I did high school without Google. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, we weren't really allowed to use it that much, but I yeah, had, we, I mean, it wasn't a thing. <laughs> we weren't, we couldn't use it. Wow. I, my first year of college, like the only year that I was like a traditional student lived in the dorm. Mm-hmm. I could not fathom what I would need with a computer in my dorm room. Wow. Because I just didn't, it was not a part of my daily life, which is wild to think about now. And now it's a necessity. I remember in elementary school being taught, and I know I'm sure they're still taught this, but we didn't have computers like in our school, in elementary school, and we really didn't have them, or I, at least I didn't have one in my home. We were taught how to look up for research papers using encyclopedias. I'm not sure they're still taught that. I don't know. I don't know that they're, I mean, I don't know for sure that they're not, but I mean, because, because I, like when I actually went back to, to college, it was 10 years after my initial college experience. Mm -hmm. And that 10 years, the difference was so huge. Yeah. Because the internet existed the first time and it was available and you could use it. Um, and of course there were parameters about like, how do you, I mean, at at the time, this is people, this was, um, I graduated high school in 98. So Mm -hmm. my fall semester in college was 98, Mm -hmm. was September of 98, August, September of 98. So they were still trying to figure out like exactly how sources, internet Mm -hmm. sources were going to be acceptable and how to cite them. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was honestly easier to just avoid the issue and yeah. use use hard copy sources. When I went back 10 years later, you didn't have to set foot in the library. Like the only time you really went to the library was the day that they like showed you where everything was in like one class. I have no need because you could use everything. First of all, pretty much everything in the library was accessible via the internet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a friend named Molly, and she's in our self-care group, and Mm -hmm. she's getting her master's in library science. Is that a thing? She wants Mm -hmm. to be a librarian. I bet she would know. I'm so jealous, because that's what I want to do. That's the degree I want. She's getting the degree I want. Oh, she's in so much debt. But oh, it's it's outrageous, and that's why I haven't done it because the cost-benefit analysis just does not come out in favor of a master's degree. <laughs> that's how ignorant I was to the subject. I did not know you had to have a master's degree to be a librarian. You have to have a master's degree to be any kind of librarian. Your elementary school librarian, master's degree. Wow, hmm? that's wild. In fact, school librarians have to not only have a master's degree in library science. They also have to have a degree in education and experience as educators. Oh, my God. And I'll just, whenever you have time, Google what their salaries are. No wonder they were also, like, old when I was little. Right? They had to deal with a whole lot of shit to get there. (laughs) Jesus. You know, every time there was a scholastic book fair and their shit got taken over, they were like, I'm overeducated for this. Okay, so we're kind of talking about time travel, but I want to Yeah, we got ask, a little sidetracked. Did you watch the new show on Netflix with Leonardo DiCaprio, Don't Look Up? Yes, I loved it. You did? I loved it. Mm-hmm. I cheered. What? It didn't I, I, freak it you a, out at all? I mean, it's reality. 
that's the thing. That's what freaked me out so much is like, it's very, I literally had like a panic attack. Like Rich and I were watching it and towards the end, I was fine. I mean, I was a little freaked out watching it, but I think I got more freaked out towards the end because this is the world we live in. I felt like it was a little cathartic to see it just put out there like that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. how ridiculous it is, how obviously ridiculous it is. But will people realize? No, not the ones that don't want to. But mostly I loved the fact that I just feel like the direction in some of those scenes toward the end were like, Leo, here's what we want. Look right here into the lens and now just scream everything that you've wanted to scream the entire Trump administration. <laughs> okay. A lot and he was people, like, yes, I can do this. <laughs> a lot of people were really mad that they felt it was targeted towards um conservatives I guess it's not really conservatives it's like well, don't be fucking idiots then and things won't like that won't get targeted at you yep sorry not sorry yep. like, <laughs> yeah it was targeted at you you were the butt of that joke mm-hmm. if you don't want to be the butt of that joke don't be the fucking asshole standing in some sort of rally where somebody's screaming at you not to look up and you're like got it boss not looking up yeah like don't then- be that person and if you're offended If you're offended, you're a fucking moron. Yeah. And that's not a hot take. That's the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy, but it was so well done. And it was. It was. um, It was a movie that I like. I wish that I had seen in a theater full of people so that everybody could just fucking cheer at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever see Idiocracy? I didn't. What? Um, I kind of missed the window mm-hmm. between when it came out and it was kind of funny and when it started feeling too real. Well, it's so not. I it doesn't of, feel real now. <laughs> because we've passed it. Like, we've mm-hmm. gone beyond it. Yeah. That's kind of why I haven't watched it now because I missed that window and now I just kind of feel like it's going to fall flat. Yeah. It's still really good. But and I, I'm not against watching it. It's just kind of one of those things that I'm like, eh. Yeah. But I mean, that's, I mean, that's not totally off topic because the idea of time travel is, the, I mean, that's the end of that movie is that in order to, I mean, spoiler alert. So I don't know if you haven't watched it, like now's your time to mute for a minute. Pause. Um, okay. So we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole end of that movie is that the people who could afford mm-hmm. a place on the escape pod travel how many ever year? I don't even remember. It was a long time into the future. It was a long time. And and then, like, immediately start recreating the same problems. <laughs> like, like yeah. they land in a, a version of the Garden of Eden or paradise or whatever you want to call it and immediately like they create a problem because you know they're like oh look at the wildlife oh yeah that eats you sorry Jesus. yeah also idiocracy had a little time travel in it oh interesting yeah in the beginning he was like there's a little time travel in a lot of things yeah what's that movie with rachel mcadams is that her name the girl from the notebook Yes. And she time travels. Hold on. Was it the time travelers? What? No. 
The Time Traveler's Wife? What is that movie? Let me look at her movies real quick and see. Let's see. About About Time? It's a really great movie. Oh, yeah. The Time Traveler's Wife in 2009. Yeah. Um, there's a great, it's an older movie about time travel called Somewhere in Time. Mm-hmm. And you're not a movie person, and I know this about you. It's okay. Um, but if anybody has not seen that and is good with like some, like, I want to say probably mid 80s kitsch, um, it's it Christopher Reeve, who you guys know as Superman. And um, Jane Jane Seymour. Was she Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman? It's the same actress that was Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. It's right here. It is an absolutely beautiful. Jane Seymour. It is a beautiful movie about really specific time travel. Um, And achieving time travel Basically, the premise is that he um, finds a way to achieve time travel without any mechanisms. Yeah. Like through meditation, for lack of a better okay. explanation. <laughs> okay, but we could talk about that. We should talk about that. Okay, so do you think that it's possible to meditate and get to a point where you can jump timelines? Because I think it's potentially possible. I would agree that it is absolutely potentially possible. Um, There's a lot of people claiming they can do it. I mean, I think a solid 90% of them are just... But look, what the hell do I know? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, how much yeah. of it, how much of reality is a state of mind? Yeah. And how much... And that's one of the theories around around time travel like first of all let's just be clear that Einstein was very very clear that time travel was possible yeah the issue with it is that we don't have the technology to travel as fast as you would have to travel in order to travel through time Mm -hmm. and we don't have the understanding of how to either manipulate space-time Mm-hmm. In order to bend it in a way that would allow us to travel backward. Like he explains in some terms that I'm not even going to attempt because <laughs> it's one of those things that you're like, okay, I'm, I, I kind of get it. But yeah. then if you start thinking about it too much, it's like, mm, okay, no, I'm lost again. Because <laughs> it's so complicated. But there, I mean, Einstein actually talked about time travel and the fact that traveling forward through time is just a matter of going faster than light. Yeah. That's and they, I mean, and they've done some experiments with, you know, putting clocks, um, like a clock that orbited the earth in space. And then when it came back, it was actually slightly slower mm-hmm. or slightly faster. I can't, I mean, it was like 42 seconds. Yeah. Not a huge deal, but Time travel, technically. Yeah. Um, And he talked about the theoretical ways that one could travel backwards in time. And it has to do with the way that time is affected by black holes. Mm -hmm. And the concept of, like, as you go over the edge of a black hole, 
time stretches. Mm-hmm. And there's a point at which it's called the singularity that you're basically just in suspended animation. But we don't have the technology to control any of that. Yeah. But theoretically, you could create the technology to control it and therefore have the ability to travel backward and forward in time. Do you think that somehow, somewhere that is being constructed secretly? I mean, I think the, look, fiction, fiction always mirrors reality in one way or another. If people are writing about it, Mm -hmm. someone else is thinking about it in in terms of reality and not in terms of fiction. Did you ever see Intergalactic with Matthew? Nope. Was that the one, Matthew McConaughey, where he goes into that black Matthew hole? Was inter- interstellar? Interstellar. But yes. I'm thinking of the Beastie Boys song. I was going to say, I don't think it's Intergalactic. I think it's Interstellar. There were yes. two movies that came out at the same time that were... There was one with Sandra Bullock. That one was... Um, that was more... Well, I don't know if it was really time... No, that, that one, was one wasn't... That one wasn't time travel, but interstellar. But it kind of was. I mean, it could have been. Like, it ended in a weird way. I don't remember how it ended. Don't Um, tell me. I want to watch it again. Watch it again, and then we can talk about it. But yes, I did see Interstellar. And, and, okay, so that's actually the way that time is interacting in, in, in Interstellar is one of the theories about how the fact that... Time being linear, Mm -hmm. that is, that you only exist in the present and you've already experienced the past and you've yet to experience the future, is actually not, that is something that we've constructed in our minds. Yeah. And there's another one with, there's another movie with, um, oh, what is her name? Amy Adams. Is it the Alien movie? Yeah, but it's also time travel. I need because to watch what she, movies again. Because what she learns from the aliens is that time, the same concept, that it's not linear, that it's actually all happening simultaneously, mm-hmm. and that your experience of it is only within your mind. Yeah, it's called Arrival, Amy Adams. Arrival, the yes. Um. If I think too much about that, I get like goosebumps. And I think the interesting thing about that is like, why is there a visceral reaction? Yeah. Like it's kind of, um, and I don't want to get into the concept of the uncanny because I kind of think that that's what I want to talk about when Courtney comes on. Yeah. Because she's interested in that too. But like, it's, there's such an, there's such a like deeply ingrained fascination with it for one thing like I said I mean it's been being written about since the late 1700s not even to consider religious texts mm-hmm. um so arguably forever mm-hmm. humans have been collectively interested in the same topic yeah and when that happens I just have to question like what's causing that what's causing this fascination with something Across every possible boundary, mm-hmm. everywhere in the world, every socioeconomic class, every, like, everybody thinks about time travel. Yeah. So, 
it's just interesting. It's interesting that it does create like you, it's almost like, it's almost like those goosebumps are like the part of your brain that understands it differently going. Oh, wait, you get it. You get it. Are we here? Are we there? Do we know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Are you catching on? (laughs) It's such a fun and yet scary time that we're in where like all of this is just out there in the open and you're allowed to like dive deeper into it and research it. But it's also scary because I feel like a lot of people are taking advantage of it, especially on TikTok where they're like, uh, I can see my shadow people. And if you meditate, you can jump to different timelines. And it's just how much of that is sincere and how much of that is like cloud based. So there's just this fine yeah. line, but I think still we're in a great time where there's information out there if, and available for you to like learn. Part of me think like I agree with you. The whole the I I don't know. I don't know if it's more prevalent just because people have access to like say anything they want and have yeah. an audience for it, mm-hmm. or if it's always been there and now people just have a place to say anything about it. Like. Yeah. I've said before, I think I've probably said on the podcast before, if the internet has taught us nothing else, it has taught us that talent is not rare. Mm-hmm. Like there was a concept pre-internet when things were less connected, that the idea was that really good singers, like that was a rare talent to be, have a really amazing voice. Mm-hmm. But now we know that's not rare. No. There are loads of people with phenomenal voices who get up every Jealous. day and go to their normal ass jobs who have like that they're not paid for it they're not like they just have these phenomenal voices same thing like there was a time well there was a very specific time that the first time Michael Jackson ever did the moonwalk on a stage mm-hmm. people flipped the fuck out like it was the coolest shit they had ever ever seen and now everybody dances. Because he was such an amazing dancer. And oh my God, that talent is so rare. No, it's not. No. It's not rare at all. Tons of people do way cooler things than that. Also, I don't want to say psychics, but mediums. It was very like, uh, what's what was that 90s um, you could call in? Miss what was Cleo. Miss Cleo. And <laughs> that was like a thing. But now... Yeah. And people are are still kind of like, oh, you mean like Miss Cleo when you're talking about like mediums? But it's well, a thing. It's a thing. And and in some ways, I mean, I think I, being skeptical, I don't have an issue with people being skeptical about things. Yeah. Like, I think that's a good, I think it's a good thing to look at things critically and be like, hmm, yes, no, I'm not sure. Question everything. Question everything. Um. But I also think that the, like, the one way to look at it is, oh, because of the internet, now everybody's a medium. Mm-hmm. Okay, but what if that just means that way more people are, like, what if it's pretty normal? Yeah. I, I like, we look at it like it's so, like, oh, it's so strange. It's so weird. That's not a, that's not a real thing. Why is it not a real thing? Like, why would that many, like, what's yeah. the motivation to fake it, I guess? I mean, and I know that some people like Miss Cleo were completely just taking advantage of people. She wasn't real. Yeah. At least she wasn't. She wasn't. If she was a real medium, 
she was doing it really poorly. <laughs> yeah. Because she ended up being like having some scam things like prosecuted for some scam issues. Oh my God. Like there was a whole thing. Um, but that doesn't mean that every medium, like there are plenty of people out there who are mediums just again, it's kind of like people with amazing voices. They're getting up every day and they're going to their normal ass jobs. Not everybody's trying to make money off of Not it. Everybody's trying to make money off of it. And I think when you start looking at people that are for one, like not even really sure how to handle it. Yeah. I think it starts to be the bigger question kind of like, well, okay. So it's not rare to be a talented singer. It's not rare to be a talented dancer. It's not rare to be a talented artist. Yeah. There's so many amazing artists that do amazing things. There's this guy in this artist group that I'm in that does oil paintings of like mylar party balloons, like the shiny balloons. Mm -hmm. I swear it's almost hard to look at because they look like an actual balloon taped to a canvas. That's crazy. He's phenomenal. And there are so many people that are talented at that, that, I mean, again, at one point it was like, oh, it's such a rare talent to be a good painter. No, it's not. No. It's really not. Another point to that is now that so many people have access to the internet and like talking to other people, connecting with other people, you start to realize these quirks you have, these habits you have, everybody has them. Oh, look, every day on TikTok, I learn that another aspect of my personality is actually just a manifestation of ADHD, and I'm not unique at all. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There's nothing unique about me. I'm just a walking, talking poster child for this is what adult ADHD looks like. I had talked to my therapist about this today. I was like, because she did an ADHD assessment, just, you know, whatever is part of the process of our thing. Sure. And I was like, I kind of started to realize I have ADHD because I, and this is going to sound crazy because I ADHD based on TikTok, but people are starting to realize these mannerisms they have, these ways that they live, these inability, the inability to do certain things. It's the shit n- that you've been tra- that you've essentially been conditioned to hide. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. So yes. I think. And I think the same is true for other things. Like, can you meditate yourself onto another timeline? Hell, if I know. I mean, if you say you can, who am I to question you? And what is another, what is being in another time? Like, yeah. Like we talk about it again. We talk about it on this linear, like, this is like, I only can exist in the present. The past is I've experienced. I've yet to experience the future. But why is that, like, are we stuck with that? Yeah. And what does happen? I mean, there are so many stories about people. um, We've talked about one on the podcast, the um, the two ladies that were professors, they wrote a book about being, um, going to. Oh, yeah. Versailles. Yeah. And they, what they described was a time, like a, like a time slip, like they, suddenly we're in a different time period. Yeah. And there are so many of those stories and that, you know, some of those things, it starts to be like my thing about cryptids Mm -hmm. has always been, it seems unreasonable to me Mm -hmm. to say that something doesn't exist when you have thousands upon thousands of accounts of people experiencing things that are so similar 
mm-hmm. and described so like they've seen the same things from lots of different places in the world from lots of different time periods. It's it just like to say, well, it doesn't exist. Seems like the most unreasonable explanation for that to me. I agree. <laughs> like what? Why is that how we land? Like, it's not real. Why would all these different people make up the same thing? And I feel the same way about the, you know, people experiencing time slips. Mm-hmm. Why do we immediately say it's not real? We don't know. There's we like, don't we don't know. Yeah. And how many times could you, I mean, uh, you know, how many times could you have potentially experienced it and not realized it? I think that goes back a little bit to deja vu. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, you know, and this, th- that gets into the question of, is it like the concept of alternate realities? And this is one of the things that they talk about in time travel theories. And like um, one, I guess, kind of argument against the ability to travel into the past is called the grandfather paradox. Mm-hmm. And essentially it's just talking about how, if you were able to travel into the past, then theoretically you could go and find your own grandparents and kill one of them before your parents are conceived. Mm-hmm. Therefore you would not exist. Yeah. But how could you prevent yourself from existing while you're existing? Yeah. And that's one of the arguments against it. But one of the counters to that is, well, Perhaps when you travel back in time, if you actually like want two different, two different arguments against it. One of them is that you wouldn't physically be able to do that Mm -hmm. because you, if you don't exist, you can't prevent someone else from living. Yeah. So you would just, you physically would not be able to do it. The other theory is that if you travel back in time and you alter something, that that would be a place where an alternate timeline splits off mm-hmm. because you did exist in order to travel back to that time. So now this is a new, you've now created a new timeline in which you, your parents will not be born or one of your parents will not be born. So therefore you will not exist. Yeah. But it doesn't prevent you from existing in your timeline. Wow. And like, are they all the same thing? Ah, we look at them as these little different things. And then the question is, are they actually kind of all one thing? Yeah. When it gets, I'm like you, like, it's one of those, I can't think too hard about jumping timelines. Yeah. Because I've definitely had experiences that I'm like. That's weird. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) And if I start thinking too hard about it, I'm like, but how many times do you do that? Like, how do you even still know if you're yourself? I can't, I can't tell if, I I don't really think I've had any instances like that, but I also have a horrible memory. Like, I have a shit memory. I have kind of a ridiculously good memory for a lot of, now, I I will say this. My memory for time sequence Mm -hmm. is trash. That is not how my brain organizes things. One of my best friends, like, I swear to you, it's like her memory is like an FBI board with all the, like the timeline and the fucking strings attached to things. And she can be like, oh yeah. So that was like February of 2002. 
I don't know. I can kind of do that, but I can't remember a lot. But if I do, it's like I know the I exact... can't do that at all. In my my memory, like if you want to like use the same analogy of a bulletin board, mm-hmm. mine is organized by like theme and color and maybe scent. What? And there's no time the other day that could be three days ago or three months ago or 15 years ago. <laughs> like, I just don't have, I do not have a good temporal grasp. <laughs> it's crazy how different everybody's mind works. Very. Which is why when you get into these things, like, can you meditate yourself into a different timeline or could you like in somewhere in time? Yeah. Could you meditate yourself into the past? I don't know. Why yeah. not? I mean, who knows what you could possibly do? I'm scared to try. Let me tell you, I tried to sit down. I, I When the pandemic happened, a lot of people were ta- starting to talk about like shadow work and um, excuse me, seeing like shadow people and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, sure. I could try and do that. I sat down one time and I meditated as much as I could because I can never shut my brain off. And I like did what they said. I welcome good energy into this space, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't want to open my eyes because, you know, you've heard stories on TikTok about like what people see. And it's like five eyed deities with like shit all around them. Yeah. And how much of that is true, I don't know. But I just, how much of that is influenced by their Christian upbringing? Right. And I didn't want to open my eyes because I was like, I don't want to see that. She's like, oh, no, what if it worked? <laughs> oh, no, what if it worked? I mean, I kind of understand that. And the, so Somewhere in Time is such a good movie. And it is like, it's definitely dated. Yeah. Um, I'll try and make time to watch but it. But it is interesting because it kind of deals with... It's I don't want to I don't want to spoil any of it because it's such a beautiful movie and it's it's a love story which is not typically my thing, um, but it's just it's one of the it's just it's a really good movie and it's really beautiful and Christopher Reeve is really beautiful in it. What could go wrong with that? I'll try. It's like it. Superman in a three piece tweed suit. What could be the problem? Oh, essentially good. he falls in love with the this portrait of Jane Seymour. Who existed in a different time period. And Aww. he feels this like. Just this. Like not just a connection. But like this draw. Like he has to figure out. How to meet her. Yeah. And that's what's That's like what kicks off this whole. Idea of how. How could you do it? Could you do it? Would it work? Wow. And then he makes it work. Which is. And it's amazing. And it, they connect everything really well. But it kind of also does deal with, like, what happened? Like, what is. Don't spoil it. it. I'm not going to spoil it. That's why I'm trying. I don't want to say anything. It just deals with some of the more, like. Physical reality of what does that, like, assuming you can meditate yourself into another time. Mm -hmm. Where are you? How do you get where's back? your physical body? Yeah. How do you get back? Can you get back? Um, it's just it's handled really well because it is different as far as a 
time travel story goes in that his brain is the mechanism for trap for time travel as hmm. opposed to um a machine or a DeLorean yeah. or whatever. <laughs> DeLorean, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean and that you know time machines have been a part of time travel. It's kind of always been that or like an accidental like, you know, you wake up and you're in the wrong time period. Like a portal. Like a portal. Yeah. Um so it's interesting in that it deals with time travel on a more cerebral level as far as the fact that like it's a you know he's actively attempting to travel through time but he's doing it in a way that isn't tied to technology yeah it's more spatial Hmm. so just talking about like could you is that possible i mean that's kind of what that movie's about and again this is 1980 something 80 something 86 87 maybe I don't know I could actually just look I I did I can't remember the day (laughs) see my memory I looked at it can't remember it oh god 1980 I didn't actually even realize it was that old so yeah 1980 it's not that old it's only like 20 years ago yeah exactly (laughs) totally (laughs) totally 20 years ago gosh this was a really good episode I'm glad that we talked about time travel and and didn't I'm glad it was open yeah I mean it's the the individual time travel stories are interesting Mm -hmm. but I just feel like they all come back to the broader concept of it and like why are people so fascinated thank you so much for listening today um follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod. We are on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. We are also on Buy Me a Coffee, which is just like a donation website. And that donation is going to go towards hopefully meeting up with Courtney and doing a paranormal investigation. And that is buymeacoffee.com slash Pod. And then as always, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so more people can find us. <laughs> And if you guys have any listener stories, we love reading listener stories and you guys are always like interested in them, but we've read all the ones we have. So send us more, especially if you have, um, okay. So we've, we've talked about a lot of ghost stories Mm -hmm. and we've talked about some just like mysterious stuff, like, you know, potential cryptid stuff. If you have a time slip story or a Mandela effect story, like we're especially interested in those or because that's something theory. we haven't talked about. Or the- if you have a theory, let us know. We will talk about your theory. Yeah. And remember, all stories start somewhere. Be wild, stay woke, and question everything. <laughs>